All right, uh, all right, Moan. What's going on? No, I'm texting my kid in school real quick. Oh, uh, well, I'll tell everybody that Kenny Pickett says today that he is good to go. He says he is ready to play Sunday. He was wearing a knee brace today at practice and in the locker room. Yeah. A little bit encumbered by it, but insisting that he's okay. However, Moan, who is it that actually makes that decision? Coach Tomlin does. That is correct. <laughs> and does that mean a player telling us that he's healthy and ready to go, does that mean that that player is going to go? Absolutely not. He no. wants to. That's the reason the coaches are paid Everybody to tell players no. Everybody says this, people. Everybody. Yeah. The guy next to me said it all the time, even <laughs> when he knew he wasn't going to go. I saw. I saw. Didn't we see uh, Joe Burrow and the reports were supposed to come out of Cincinnati like two weeks ago and say that, hey, he may be going to IR and poof, miraculously, he shows up on game day. Absolutely not, DK. Well, there's something to be said here also for – Hang on, Randy McCracken has an important message that's gonna that's that's, that's gonna disrupt everything. <laughs> Go ahead. It is hump day. Yes, and, DK. Yeah, and I can't continue from there without a bell. I'm sorry. I don't that, I'm not I don't function that way. That may be why we lost so bad last week because we didn't hit the hump day and it was on the back of my mind. This is true, actually. You did blow this. That's totally on you. Last week was on me, y'all. Oh, man. So the Steelers did have their first practice, and Kenny was there, and he participated in it. Would you, Moan, without asking you to play Dr. Bradley here or anything, would you say to yourself, hey, listen, things aren't going great. Next week is the bye week. Come on. What would you, what would you do here? I would want to play this one. Uh, I would, 100%. I would want to play this one. Oh, if, if I'm Tomlin? Tom no, yes. I save him. Why? I say because there's not much you can do in a game like this. Absolutely <clears throat> not, man. You can't risk sending a uh, not <laughs> actually, but you can't send a lame duck out there if his knee is bothered like that. Mobility is a part of Kenny game, and that's also why Kenny got in trouble last week. Also, um, Kenny need to realize he is the franchise of himself. This wanting to be a hero stuff got to be put on the back burner now. If this is Coach Tomlin and the trainers feeding them. Feeding Kenny, hey, man, yes, say you're playing. You're playing until I tell you you're not. Then that's fair game. I, I'll let him slide on that one. But I'm not into throwing a quarterback out there um, just like this right here, just from my guy Randy Wagner. And what has Joe Barrow been while playing hurt? Oh, yeah, worst offense in the NFL. He's been that bad. So no, literally the no, worst no. offense in the NFL, number I actually, 32. I actually didn't realize that, yeah, DK. They're the worst. Number 32. Oh, my. They're averaging 12.3 points a game? Mm-hmm. And the yardage is the lowest, too. The Cincinnati Bengals, the unbeatable Bengals. This is why these preseason things don't matter, the meaning the predictions and so forth, you know? Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize. I knew they were bad. I didn't know they were that bad, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, DK. Uh, I don't send them out there, though. Mitch, at least for one game, or if it's Mason for one game, you're capable of getting through this game. And, and this is how it's going to be anyway, unless we get blown out. It's a three-point game anyway. So let's minimize the opportunities in which a turnover can happen, DK. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, now <laughs> consider this. 
Here we go. You ready? I love it leveraged. The team goes out there. That is very good, actually. Yeah. The team goes out there on Sunday against the Ravens. Yeah. And Mitch balls out. Looks like the number two overall pick in the draft that he once was. I'm a hate balls it. out. I'm a hate it. Let's um, talk. Let's talk. For a lot of different reasons. One. You give the fan base behind Mitch when everybody wanted Kenny last year, right? You also set back Kenny if you this is your guy to be for the future mentally. He's screwed. He just is. The first time he get into the game the entirety of this year and he does bad for Kenny Pickett, there will be booze. There will be let's go back to Mitch. Nothing good could come out of it other than the fact than us or either the franchise realizing that Kenny Pickett ain't the franchise quarterback they thought he would be. Only good thing, DK, let me give a pro to this, is maybe it lights a fire underneath him and show him what it takes to actually win in the league if he does light it on fire. Yeah, but you mean Kenny? No, uh, yes, maybe yeah, it lights Kenny on he, fire if he goes out and kills him. he needs fire, though. I, I'd love to think that all of this can be cured the way Mike Tomlin seems to think it can be cured by just trying harder. Stop. It can definitely make a difference, okay? They can be more physical. They can be more mentally prepared for the game than they were the other day in Houston. I don't doubt Tomlin on that count at all. I just don't see that as a problem in isolation, and I definitely don't see it with Kenny respectfully here. I just see... I just see a complete discombobulation of the entire offense. It, it's not even about Kenny for me. It's partially about him, but it's one eleventh. It know? is. And I was going to ask two things. Well, let's talk through the entirety of it too. If we're going to rank, you know, worst to best as far as his offense goes, where would you put first? Probably the quarterback in play, then the sure. O line. Then well, I put the coordinator first. But well, if you're well, talking about well, just players, yeah. If you're talking about just players, yes, the quarterback would be first. Quarterback would be first. So let's just start mm -hmm. there. Here's the thing about it, though, DK, when the, the comment of we're wearing pads, we just need to be more physical. I turned my nose up at it a little bit, DK, but I understand why it was said. In years past where we've gotten whooped, let's go to Oakland when we lost bad out there, right, DK? Mm -hmm. Or you had a bad season opener or a London, right, DK? Yes. You can say that if you have those types of teams. If you have that type of attitude, and, and it's speaking primarily offense. I don't think we're really saying a whole lot defensively other than the fact that DeMar Villal is a younger dude and so is Keanu Ben when it comes down to starting, I mean, stopping the run. Let's just start with those two dudes. You, we'll give you that. The reason I think Coach Tomlin is able to say these things is because we've been able to do them in the past. But it's also with having a group of guys that have been DK grown up on how to play football. Understand that one bad week don't make your season. I don't know if this team right now is in that point where they realize being more physical is going to bring you closer together to actually generate more wins and more positive play. The times that we played bad, DK, what did you probably say most times? Like you wrote a lot, pointed out a lot of things, but you probably believe what they'll bounce back. Because because you did. I mean, I was just basing that on precedent. I don't think it was any sort of you know novel prediction on my part or anybody else's. The, the, 
the Steelers weren't in the habit of losing two in a row. No, but you have a feeling that this team is and has and and could potentially be one of the worst seasons that we've seen in, in recent history if we don't turn this thing around. That's where that physicality aspect of what Coach T said kind of hangs his head a little bit. But this this current team ain't those teams. Like, legitimately, I don't know, DK, offensively, who's a dog on this team offensively to bring this group through. For the third quarter, it looked like Najee Harris. I'll say that much. But it was just one. It was just one guy, and he had to break tackles in order to get those runs. And that's not it. They they have to get together. They and, have to get together. And I don't know that they can with these schemes taking them all over creation and running into each other. Simplify it a little bit. Simplify everything. Figure, figure out what's actually working, DK. Like again, and I am in no way for anybody to want to report back to somebody else and say Moan called him soft. I'm not calling this team soft. Football isn't played by soft people. But to suggest being more physical in practice is going to generate answers. That I don't sucks think in so. week four. That it sucks does. in week four to hear that. It does, does yeah. it not, DK? And and yeah. that's why I, I, I get why Coach C said it, because that's always been our mantra. We're good enough. We'll figure it out. I'm I'm starting to wonder to your point, is it too complex? Is it too much being thrown out there? And what is the actual bread and butter play of this team? I asked you that, I feel like two weeks ago, DK. You could have asked it a year ago. What is the bread and butter of this team? Yeah, every team got one. This one doesn't. I cover teams. every time you think that there's something that they're good at, they yeah. either get Come away on. from it or it gets it gets beaten up, and then from there they don't they don't readjust to the adjustment. There we go. So to go back to the physicality, we're supposed to have done that in camp. That's where the problem lies, DK. It's almost like a hard reset. You can't hit a hard reset in camp. I mean, during the regular season with where this team out. We'll see what happens. If it is Mitchell, if it, if it is Mason, no matter what happens behind it, either we really long for Kenny Pickett moving forward or can we realize that Kenny may not be the guy. Again, this is all to be said this too. I know a quarterback that has said this at times. Go ahead. Give me three years. Three years. Three years. Three years. And after the third one in today's climbing, too, you have to decide pretty much that fifth-year option soon after that, too. But a knee brace out there against Baltimore? I'm sorry. Don't I, sign I, me up for that. Yeah, yeah. Buca DePepo comes in with a contribution of $4.99. That's appreciated. It says, need big boy Braden <laughs> Fajoko on the field this week. Stuff the run. I've been waiting on this one to pop back up. Yeah, What? why hasn't Can he? I say this one? Go ahead. This is... Buka, I love you. Okay, I appreciate the contribution. This reminds me of preseason football conversation right here. If if we're looking at Fajoko being the guy that's going to stop the run when Fajoko didn't make the active day roster, then what are we doing? Yeah. I I get where you're coming from. It's a bottom of the depth chart argument. Those usually fall flat in the middle of a season. Bottom of the depth chart are great debates for training camp and preseason, but they're not your solutions in season. They can be part of it, a tiny part of it, but all capital letters and whatever that is at the end. No, man. Save your guys for the offensive coordinator. And here's the thing. He hadn't even been in 16 game starter, 17 game starter. 
No. I'm not dissing him, okay? His stat line says this, 13 combined tackles in 23 for his career over three years. I know he's a known run stopper, or he should be, but if he didn't show it in the preseason over Montrevious Adams or Isaiah Loudermill, what are we actually getting out of this other than uh, elevate a guy and take him back down? He's going to be the first one out or either Isaiah Loudermill when Cam come back. I'm not crushing what you said, but this ain't like Von Miller coming back for the Buffalo Bills. No, no, no. This is different. <laughs> this <laughs> okay. is different. Hey, yeah, DK. Goodness. Guys, when we come back, we're going to engage in the only segment that matters. And that's, hey, moan, good people. It actually is. And I don't have – here it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, you are going to go to IR in a little bit, DK. <laughs> I set, set that up with like this suave timing and everything, and just wah, wah, wah. We'll be- at DK Pittsburgh Sports. We take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. He's Ramon in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Never introduced ourselves. We didn't. Now, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports here in downtown Pittsburgh. And we do this show Monday through Friday. We try to hit four o'clock, but we both have other things to do, and we don't always succeed but we appreciate the patience of, of everyone whenever we're, uh, you know, getting in the car and putting in our putting on our seatbelts and so forth. Right, Mo? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hit that like button, too, while y'all are in here, okay? And also this, man, Ryan Lytle brought up a great point, DK. Yes, Rodolfo, he's got to get to it, too. There's been a lot of awesome comments come in. But Ryan well, Lytle has let's, set let's, the let's precedence go with Rodol- real quick. Go ahead, go ahead. He said, you can't you can't say stuff the way you do if y'all at the <clears throat> uncle's table, man. Go on and get that subscription, man. It's 99 cents a month. Okay, we're talking about a month. We got that in your ashtray, okay? Y'all been saying some real who, – who's Al Sauce? Al, go and get you one of those subscriptions, man. That's all I'm saying. Go ahead. What are we talking about here, DK? I'm going to take Rodolfo's advice and – Remind everybody that at the get-go cafe and market, quality is at the core of every menu item. they are three expert chefs. Fine-tune every detail so that every sub-burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for craveability. My friends, going off script here, if you think it's gas station food, you are in for a very pleasant surprise. Also, they're open later than most places are. And that's a nice little perk unto itself for us, <laughs> us night owl types. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. The boss here reminds us that we are at 1,191 active members. If that sounds like it's backward, it is. Uh, we had crossed 1,300, but what happens is the gifts expire. Yeah, they do. They're not into perpetuity. So if you get a gift, it's for one month. So when they expire, there goes that number again. So for anyone who is a one-month gift recipient, you can't go back to that table. Moan. No, man. Y'all don't want those red solo cups, man. Get you a glass of some nice bourbon. It's about to get cool. I think Pittsburgh is hitting the 60s this weekend. I'm telling you, there will not be plastic cups, man. I'm telling you. Get you a table 
Get away from that Uncle Sable, man, and come get a plate of food, DK. Some real good nourishment, man, with the three chefs. And then we're going to make sure you get you a nice drink, man. Nobody likes that Uncle Sable. DK, that's one of those th those people that we tolerate, but we really don't like. That's that's what we're really getting at. Yeah, I mean, we let's put it this way. From a positive standpoint, we really appreciate the memberships that we have. Luke says, hey, Moan, what do we do with Mason Cole if he continues to play poorly? Mason need to get it together. I, I want to lend it to... Maybe there is something wrong, uh, but I'll say this from what we saw from Nate, unless Nate is a better uh, center than he is guard. I don't like either one of those options right now. And do not move James Daniels either. Like we went through this. <laughs> yeah, I got you covered. Go ahead. You can lead no, the no, way. No, that's now. all I had. Go ahead. No, and I don't want that either, man. Um, I see why the Steelers hold certain positions high. That center, DK, upstairs by our meeting rooms. Okay. There's a wall that says the center. And it shows every important one that this organization has had. And I get it. You got one of those. You got an anchor. You got somebody to pair up with a quarterback. I love to have had those things, man. I played with a guy that was one of those dudes. Mason need to find a way to get it done. I ain't got no other answer other than telling him as a savvy vet, as a pro, a veteran, hey, tighten it up, man. Let's go. Uh, Gonzo reminds us that it was the boss who coined the <laughs> ultimate term re related to the Baltimore franchise. And it is in fact, raisins week. <laughs> we are facing the Baltimore raisins. Raisins week. We're excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear her? I heard that. <laughs> I heard her, man. Dolly Chimes. Nobody knows. She's just like the, uh, the neighbor off a of home improvement. We never see her. We just hear her. <laughs> <laughs> Might slow down his pirouettes in the pocket, Mike says. Now, that's Maybe. mean, but it also might come with I, – I, I hadn't considered that. But if one of your biggest issues, and I know it's one of yours, Moan, is that he's abandoning the pocket too quickly, he okay, is. well, here, he's just going to get clamped down now. He can't even move. Yes. Shotgun and throw. Shotgun we like and that? throw. If, if the protection is there, DK, uh, Broderick – we get our wish now. We get an opportunity to see him, DK. Uh, again, I don't want to make an excuse for this group. They've been practicing long enough to figure this stuff out. We're four weeks in, about to be week five. Uh, this group should be coming together and understanding what their strengths are and need to play according to those two. Oh, yeah. Uh, Michael comes in with a contribution of $10. That's appreciated. It says, what is it with Pittsburgh teams and stubbornness with coaching? The Pirates have... Oscar Marine and Andy Haynes, who need to be gone. The Steelers have Matt Canada and Terrell Austin coaching, killing our teams. I hear the same thing from Penguins fans related to their power play and so forth. And the fact of it is, Michael, none of this is unique to anything. Coaches are loyal or they are not successful. And if you can please explain why that is, Moan, if you, assuming you agree with it. Coaches are loyal even when they're not successful. No, no, no. Coaches are loyal, and that's part of why they're successful. Because oh, yeah, yes. you play for them that much harder. Yes, you do, man. Again, that, that those those coaches, uh, the the way they go about operating in the business is them versus almost everybody else, in a sense. That stubbornness to DK's point is what made them where they are. It's doggy dog to get to the top. And a lot of times that method that got you to the top may have been figured out by a lot of people by the time they get there. And it's hard to change. It's hard to revamp your playbook. Think about your household. If you just switched up everything, how on tilt would it be? So whether it's stubbornness or whether it's eventually going to work because really no coach admits when they're wrong and Oof. is either just fired. They don't. Think about it. 
It doesn't I, work. That's I, part I, of the fraternity. People I say, got, like, why didn't a coach take accountability? They do take accountability. Do. You know what they do? They take it, they t- but they take it in the form of a gross overgeneralization. They'll yeah. say stuff like, we were really terrible today, and that buck stops with me. But as soon as you bring up what went into that that was actually your fault, yeah, you don't get answers anymore. Again, we, we had this whole breakdown on Monday. Ask the hard questions of what people wanted us to do, DK. You're not going to get any answers from that. You're just not. I, I see a very interesting one. I, I like this one, man. I see three kings that can't do no worse than where we were versus the Texans. That was a low point. That's probably about as low as the Las Vegas uh, loss was years back, man, or getting blown out by the Patriots at their place. This is interesting right here from Corky's Research. What up, Corky? He goes, hey, Moans, what are your thoughts on bringing in Chucky? That's um, Tampa's old coach. Uh, 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 Gruden. Gruden. And to work with Kenny, he developed their David Carr. I think the Steelers have had enough of guys that are involved in lawsuits with the National Football League. <laughs> they and he knows them, on that one. <laughs> but you never really bring your idols in. I don't want to call him his idol, but they work hand in hand with one another. That's mm-hmm. kind of tough to kind of have a guy like him who has a, a lawsuit going against them to bring it in. How about this? How about we just tell uh, Mason, not Mason, Kenny? Hey, let's grow up and just be a pro. How about how, that? How about we just go win do the that? game? Go yeah. win the game like you did in Baltimore against yeah. the Raisins. Let's do that. Marble comes in from the uncle's table. I don't know if we're going to pick on. Are we going to pick on Marble today? Or are we going to stick with or, yeah, with our with our other target? The Raiders in one. Marble, Marble, Marble great. Yeah, great point. This, this is the kind of point that should not be coming from an uncle's table. Should not, Marble. I'm telling you, man, it's 99 cent. Go ahead and grab that subscription. Like, you get I cannot defend Levi Wallace. He may have had one good interception. Now he actually had two against the Raiders and one garbage time. Oh, I see what he's saying. Interception. They were both good interceptions. Don't he do was. that. But he was literally out on the field to make sure the Houston receivers caught the ball. <laughs> okay. That was he's, good. He hasn't been good and he's getting picked on. That's a bad, bad mix at that position, Moan. More Joey yeah. Porter Jr. I want that, too. I want that one, too. Uh, here's a good one, too, man, from Sergio. Sergio goes, hey, Mo, are we brainwashed with our training being so tough and unique? Then we come across a 49ers team on week one, a team who didn't have a Latrobe, and they come and punch us in the mouth? No. They were just more physical and had a better plan than we did. That's Way what- better plan. They, I think they practice and play the exact same way as Pittsburgh does. DK, was that not a mouth punching at no, that game? No, no, they also have better players. I mean, that's a, that's one of the things that's the hardest for people to admit. Uh, when you look out there and you see, you know, Fred Warren doing what he did, okay? <laughs> Steelers don't have one of those. Their safety. Is weak. Okay. They got one. We got one. We're trading. Yeah, I, there's just it, – it's – that was just not a good matchup. And by the way, it hasn't been a good matchup for pretty much anybody. And their old yeah. line was better that day. They opened up better lanes for Christian McCaffrey. Debo Samuel was a better player. Like DK, they're you just bring a flat a out great better football point. team, man. They're just better. Yeah. It's just, they're just better. Yeah, let's did that right there. Yeah, you know, that's that's one. And I said that at the time. I was I was so much more impressed by the 49ers that game than I was down about the Steelers. Since then, that's changed. Cardell Hall comes in as a new member. Hey. If you'd like to become one of these, you can do that by going to dkps.net slash join. Nice and easy. Can't beat it. All you do is you get just type it. Don't even get into trying anything fancy. Put it up right up in the URL, dkps.net slash join. P.A. Bowhunter says, 
Ramon and DK, let's be realistic here. If the defense plays up to its potential, we have a slight chance of winning. But I'm asking you, do you have faith <laughs> that the offensive coordinator calls to 1191? I don't know what that means. I have no idea what no, that is. No, but DK. no, nobody has faith in the coordinators. No. You don't have to keep trying to poke some bear that's already been whatever, you know? Man, and I'll say this too about this coordinator. <clears throat> if this burner account on Twitter is real, oh, I'm going to lose it, DK. It's not. It's not. Oh, thank you for clearing it up. God, because no. I, I got people who are actually in the NFL asking me that. I'm like, no, I have no the, idea. The email address says at Steelers.com, which is not anybody's email address inside that building. I'm not going to say what it is, but that's okay. not how That's not how. And you know this. What? Okay. That's I never not had how, a company email. I don't know that okay, one. Well, I don't know if maybe you'd communicated with one of the front no, office types or whatever not. via email, but it's not that. I know what it is because I communicate with them on a daily basis. Okay. Uh, that ain't it. So I've been, I've been, I've had at least had a good laugh about it here. It was real good. I'm going to be honest with you. There's some fair, fair points. <laughs> yeah. There's, it's, it's, there are people who defend him. There are people in society who are just naturally contrarians. And there are also people who really hate the head coach. And then as a result, they hate when somebody talks about anything other than the head coach, so they'll defend Canada. Does that make sense? Not That's that the head coach true. isn't deserving uh, of his own credit. Corky says Mason had a good game. He did not. No, no, did not, man. You know who else would agree with us? Talk to us. Mason Cole. Thank you. Because I did talk to him after the game. Mason was not happy with his own performance. He wasn't happy with the offense in general. He sure wasn't happy with the coordinator, but he wasn't blaming his performance on the coordinator. Both of those things can be true. Uh, Carrie has a good one for you, Moan. Hey, Moan, does Darnell Washington look like his knee still hurts to you, or will we just not ever see him downfield, even now with Pat Fryermuth out? I'm going to do this. That means look up north. That means Canada. Okay? <laughs> look at what the way he's drawing up plays and how mm -hmm. he's able to get open. If it's not there for him, then it's not going to be drawn up either. That's the thing about it. Like, his role, I think, has already been somewhat accepted. He's going to be a blocking tight end as much as we know. Pat Frymuth is going to get the, the lion's share of the route running, and if not him, it's Connor Hayward. He falls third on the totem pole when it comes up to it, and if you're not looking to craft plays for him, then you're probably not going to see him in that light other than being on the extra man on the line of scrimmage. Does it suck? Yeah, but he's a rookie, and hopefully we get more time with him with a more expansive, creative offense moving forward. That's Our friend Jen Sanders blind. Moreno came in with uh, with some gifts to, to distribute. I see she's getting all kinds of appreciative oh, that's uh, awesome. remarks here in the background here. TJ just says, I hate raisins. How can you hate raisins? Like Who raisins. hates raisins? I like raisins too, by the way. I like both of them. Craisins are awesome on salads, by the way. I've heard this. They I've, are, especially if you have like an Italian it. salad. I wouldn't do it ranch or nothing like that. Some balsamic vinaigrette or yep. an Italian dressing because of the, the uh, acidity. Nope, never mind. I'm not going any further. You're that. a total, total foodie. I'm a snob. Awesome. I'm a snob so with great. it. I am. I really food, am, man. Food snobbery might be the only acceptable snobbery. <laughs> that, that in... I can be honest with you, whiskey. Whiskey folks are the worst. Really? Oh my god! Whiskey I'm, as opposed to just wine. Wine, I think people accept that you can get a two dollar bottle and it's good. Okay. Whiskey folks will hit you with, you want to eat the, you want to drink that bean water. Oh my! 
And, and throw coffee people in it too. I, oh my god! Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, coffee people too. Oh my goodness, coffee definitely and whiskey for sure and foodies. Yeah, my son and I when we were in Seattle, uh, we went to this the Starbucks Reserve, which is like this super fancy. Actually, it wasn't Reserve; it was something else. I forget what it was called. The super elite, like. It's like when you die and go to Starbucks heaven. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. This, this whole place was just, they didn't even sell the stuff off the regular menu. This was just, you had to walk in there with your nose a mile in the air, okay? And I said, well, how can I get something that's kind of close to what I usually get? And the girl goes, well, you're going to have to try our Rwandan special for the day. And I'm like, Rwandan beans? Yeah, beans from Rwanda, okay? And I tried this, and I was like, oh, that's it. I can never have anything other than beans from Rwanda again for the rest of my life. You want to you wanna hear something very fascinating, too, in the coffee world? Somebody in the comments just said, we sound old. DK, but talking about raisins and coffee. Raisins let's, and coffee in the same let, conversation. Let's go real here, here real quick, and I got a real good one coming up, too, DK. I, I uh, want to read Irv's. It's good. Irv, and I see one right two above his from Tyler, too. We'll get to Tyler's All right. two above his. I, I've got it. I've got uh, it. But have you ever heard of the most expensive coffee? Is actually pooped out from like an animal in Africa oh, stop or something. That. I'm not lying. Oh no. These beans are supposed to be like so good, but they You're get making eaten. This up. I, I swear to you, it is a delicacy somewhere. The beans are pooped out and then they're grinded <laughs> and drank. No lie. I wouldn't lie to you on that one. Those are like the most we, we need our Browns helmet emoji back. Irv <laughs> says, Hey Moan, they said, I don't know who they is, Broderick Jones had a bad game at left tackle, but am I the only one who saw the man block two people at the same time? He's something special. I just have to jump in real quick, Moan. I don't know who they is. I'll always bring it with who the they is here. Broderick Jones had a slow start. He really did. He had a yeah. poor first drive. You saw a video that's going viral today on Twitter in which he did go downfield. He blocked. He didn't block two people at the same time. He shared a block, and then he went second level and blocked somebody else. So I just wanted to clear up both of those things. Yep. Uh, what did you see? Uh, what I saw from him is he looked like a rookie. He looked like a guy that didn't know he was going to play in a game. He right. did start slow. They said it's PFF, by the way. They gave him like a 29 or something like that. Most guys off the bench don't do well. He's a rookie playing on a road against Grenard. I told you guys about this last week. Y'all eventually start listening to what we're talking about when it comes down to breaking these teams down. And he's got a bigger task this weekend, playing against Baltimore. They will try to run through him. Don't be surprised if he follow up on that list again, but this is what he will also do. He's going to show you his athletic ability. He's going to show you how strong he is. He's going to show you what he can do in the run game. We take, if we are honestly being real with ourselves, these developing years, with this team in general, and find the dubs in it, even if they don't win the game. If Broderick's getting a whole lot of reps and good quality and he's winning, starting to win more than losing, good. That's only been one or two dudes, DK, that came out of the gate hot when it comes down to playing left tackle. I think the Brickashaw Ferguson was one of those dudes. Of course, Joe Thomas was one of those dudes. Heck, I don't even know if Trent Williams was one of those dudes or Bakhtiari in the beginning. It's few and far between when left tackles come out of college just crushing it. It's just like that. No, you don't You don't hear of many. Uh, Tyler Johnson, this is the one you wanted. Yeah, I did want this one. Hey, Moan, the problem with our offensive line might be basic strength. No one on our O-line did more than 20 reps of bench at the Combine. To put that in perspective, Steve Nelson did 19 reps. I love this. I know you would. 
You know who else did 20 reps? Who else? I did. Did you really? I did. I just yeah, you've said out. before that you weren't wild about your bench reps. I hated it. Uh, my whole entire combine was trash. Maybe of why no, my forty is why I went undrafted uh, for the most part, playing the tackle, not running that fast. Um, but here's the thing about the benching. Sometimes that's the stamina things. But I'll I'll say this: I did twenty at the combine because reps weren't my thing. I can make the excuse about long arms and say the short arm guy got more than I did. But my strength was uh, the most I ever benched was like five forty. So that's not a strength thing. Don't judge it on that. Let's just. I, I love how you speak it with like this this humility to it. Like most people, like you know, I'm can't just, even look at five forty without hurting. I'm just being real. Like repping out three fifteen DK was a light day, and I still hated it. But here's the thing: it comes down honestly to will with that type of stuff. Benching those measurables mean crap. Think about how many times we've seen dudes that are supposed to run four fours, and we never see that on the field. So that means that guy's not fast? No, it just means they're not better players than what they need to be at that time. That benching is just a measuring stick. That's tough right there. Wayne Williams, a member, comes in and says, Hey, Moan, what's the effect on this team or any team? The home team fans become hostile enough that there's booze. Do you feel it? Do you hear it? You hear it. But I'll say this. Anytime our fan base and crowd booed, we knew why. I was going to say, you have to be able to interpret it too, don't you? Especially in Pittsburgh, because you know the language. And, and I knew why. Uh, I don't think nobody takes it personal. Does it piss you off a little bit? Yes. Will it make you motivated to play more? Some, yes, some, no. To me, I understood the why. So it was never a bother with me. I more or less look at this, and I'll say this again. If the entire fan base is saying, fire coach whoever, or boo in the entire entire team for uh, a performance, it don't really affect the players. It's more or less you look at the coaching staff because somebody's probably going to be fired from that side of it before a player will be. Absolutely, and that's obviously that's it's more than fair. It's completely accurate. Uh, Mike says, "Hey, Moan, I saw a Le'Veon Bell tweet that you responded to in which he talked about how close the line was back then. Can you talk about that? And if you think the teams of the past couple of years have come close. That was a great Cam was uh Le'Veon was on Cam's podcast. Okay. And Cam was like, man, I got to give a shout out to the offensive line. He said me, uh, he said pounce myself, Dave, uh, Al and Gil. Gil. Yes. Great clip. And Le'Veon went, Oh, <gasps> And then he started going on about us, man. He really bragged on us and talking about how close we were. I told you guys this yesterday. We it, Could we say what runs we did and did not want? Yes, because we had meetings with the backs. What it was like is this. It was an understanding of what the ultimate goal was. If you talk to Kev or Coach T, they'll always go back and say, what about us, DK? We should have got those guys rings. And that's because they knew we were good enough. They also knew that we worked our behinds off to be good at our craft. We were both cerebral smart and athletic that was what was so good about our era that's why it sucks and stings so much to this day so shout out to Le'Veon for saying that and for Cam even bringing that up in the aspect of what this group is going through right now I don't know if they're close or if they're distant or do they have outside meetings or not but I'll say this everybody knew about ours and it translated over to the field so much so that the coaches when the offseason hit would tell us hey I don't want y'all talking to each other for the first month of the y'all season because we were so close. Hopefully this, y'all, either getting beat up the way they have, it's fair to say that, DK? Oh, yeah. Or losing, bring this group closer together. Right yeah. now, 
they're becoming right. whooping boys to the uh to the to the performers of this team. And it goes from the running backs to the offensive line to the doggone tight ends, too. And I just want to name that group because that's what we're looking for. I just I, I go back to that time, and you and I have talked about this off camera before, Moan. But the stuff that always impressed me the most about your unit, your line, was that phase where you had D'Angelo Williams in. Oh, my. And you guys were able to – you had an A switch and you had a B switch. <laughs> okay? Am I right? You were 100% correct. And it could – it wasn't just that Lev and D. Will would alternate series because every once in a while, D. Will would come out in the middle of a series. Something yeah. would happen. Lev loses shoe. And the next – the next snap, you guys are just, you would adjust to two so completely different running backs with different styles. But, <clears throat> excuse me, both of them yeah. had such trust in you guys to make the adjustments that were necessary. Lev's trust for you guys was th through the roof. He, you know what? You though? defined his runs. It's not the same thing as a conventional running back. It was not. But but it was so transparent. And also, I would throw that in too, Mike B, before I go further. He got years 2014, 15, 16, and 17. I would also throw 18 in there too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, 18 was, I think, the reality of what, what broke up. Um, but here's the thing, though, about establishing those runs between those two backs. One, we could talk about each other the way we wanted to in good and bad ways. We could be very upfront and honest. And then the other thing that we spoke about yesterday. We could walk into those meeting rooms and tell the coaches, we like these runs, we don't like that run. Hey, D'Angelo, stop running up the back of Gill's back. Hit the actual hole. There was no egos involved in this, DK. And that's where I'm hoping, for Matt Canada's sake, if he's not listening, I'm hoping he starts to listen to somebody. Rick says, and this is actually a pretty fair point to bring up, Kevin Dotson and Kendrick Green get better when they leave. Dotson graded well. That's why everybody's talking about it today. I watched that film. Isaac Silmalu gets worse coming here. Moan, talk me off of the fire all the offensive line coaches ledge here. Uh, Kendrick Green is also going to IR indefinitely, too. Yeah, through no fault of his own. He yeah, played well. He absolutely. played well in okay. Houston. So there we go. Um, fire all the O-line coaches. Um, I look at Isaac's situation. This is This yeah. is me. I see Isaac on the field sometimes. I'm looking for a little bit of urgency, and maybe that's just him, and I need to watch more older film of him to make sure that's not his, just the way he rolls. Dave was like that a little bit too, though, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no we thought the same thing about James Daniels when he first got here. Yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping, again, you play too hard of a position to go out there and just get beat up. Fire the O-line coaches. Maybe that's going to be a change too. Who knows? But this group and the, t the younger talent that it has, specifically with Broderick, you know, and the decisions that's got to be made with Chooks and Dan Moore moving forward. Development does have to happen. Last year for James Daniels, though, was a great year. Mason Cole had a solid year last year also. We thought the veteran insertion of Isaac Silmalo was going to net something. So far, we hadn't seen it. And it's been four weeks. And I've seen him get turned back, but I've also seen him do some good things. I'm looking for either the consistency in his play or the consistency of what he does well being called. You get what I'm saying, DK? Mm -hmm. Completely. Completely. Rodney Hill says, I've listened all week, but are we talking enough that Kenny just doesn't look like the, the guy? Would he get so much rope if he wasn't a hometown hero? He's not a hometown hero. He he's bad. not. I mean, he's not from Pittsburgh. No. Uh, we mentioned that yesterday. 
Like, we'll figure it out. And we said it earlier in the show, you got three years to figure out what Kenny's going to be. Kenny looked like he did something well in week two, and then it drops back again. Like, that, that, that preseason is, is flushed down the toilet as far as I'm concerned and the way he looked until he proves this stuff in the regular season. It's almost like having regular season and postseason. It's a little bit of a difference, ain't it, DK? It sure is. Marble G wins on a couple accounts here. For one, accepted the challenge and became a member. That's the last <laughs> time we spoke. Marble? But also <laughs> comes in with Pac-Man Jones did one rep, his bench at the combine and left. Classic. Yes, he did. <laughs> I saw Andre Smith go in the first round after not even working out at the combine, too. He left in the middle of the night, too. So many guys. That, that combine is for the birds, man. Yeah, a little bit of coin says that Isaac rated in the 80s PFF the last two games. He did. He he had – it was in pass protection. He was okay. not letting people get past him. Okay. But all of these guys need to start scoring on the run. Okay. Yeah. They just do. You gotta you gotta start seeing some anger. You gotta start seeing some people getting pushed backward, you know? Yeah, you gotta win that line of scrimmage. It's a must. And this week, if they don't answer this week, we'll know exactly what they are. Mm-hmm. Baltimore's Jim, gonna look to embarrass this weekend. Oh, just a little bit. Jim okay. Fairfield says, Is it remotely possible that Mike Tomlin is on the hot seat? I have never wondered that before. Is it mildly possible? Uh, nationally, I would say so from people that want to bring it up. No, on South Water Street, that's there's only one hot seat. I, I I'm a big believer that? in that. Well, all I'm saying is when people talk about the hot seat, me and you declaring the coach is on the hot seat. I get okay, going. doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Okay. Jim Fairfield declaring it. Rodney Hill declaring it. Roy Baldwin. Any of these people who are on our chat right now declaring it. That's not putting him on the hot seat. Okay. The hot seat with Mike Tomlin comes down to is Art Rooney the second considering making a change at head coach or not? That is the beginning and the end of the hot seat conversation. For me, that answer would be an emphatic, resounding echoes bouncing off Mount Washington. No. Okay. There's my answer, man. And well, you say that a few people wanted uh, <laughs> Mr. Rooney fired too, DK, on Monday. <laughs> so you remember that? Sell the owner, mm-hmm. sell the ownership. Okay, I got your coffee answer too. Well, Rod, Rodney says that he played at Pitt, which is my point. He fans love him in Pittsburgh. Wow. You got to understand that Pitt Pitt football fans are a very small portion of what's what's here in the city. It's not a college town in any capacity. That's unfortunate. I wish it. I wish there were more people that supported the Pitt Panthers, but they. They, they don't. So the hometown doesn't think Kenny became a bigger thing after the draft, an infinitely bigger thing after the draft. Once everyone went, oh, he's ours now. Okay, cool. I've it's heard that name. That's very true. I heard my neighbor talking about him. It's it's yeah. more like that kind of thing. Here, here we go right here. Hold up. Hold up. Uh, I had to give you an answer. The most expensive coffee is oh Kopi no. Luwak. Oh Luwak. No. The bean is partially digested, then excruciated by the Indonesian palm. So oh, that no. the nasty and uncommon prod production makes it the most expensive coffee in the world. I tell the you. best part about what Phil has here is it's very clearly a cut and paste, <laughs> and that somewhere in some formal journal, somebody came up with a construction nasty and uncommon. <laughs> it is. I'm getting it off the board now, DK. Wait. Whoever that you. was was just sitting there doing that wiki entry going, nasty and uncommon. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Mike says PFF is garbage. Always a good thing to remind everybody of. Unfortunately, PFF is all we have until we start getting better 
analysis. And that's something that I think the NFL should seriously consider. Uh, they offer next-gen stats, which is great. But next-gen stats isn't based on film. It's not coaching. You know, that, that's, the kind no. of st- that's the kind of stuff. I want to see real grades from real people above, you know, minimum wage or whatever it is that they pay their staffers. They don't know how to. Again, you have a guy that grades out bad by getting two sacks, but you have a dude that have like 12, I mean, like eight pressures on the game with no closing out of it, get a better grade than him. I don't I don't get it, DK. I'll leave it right there. And I've told them that too. Oh, Marvin, my Marvin, yeah, we'll just give Marvin his due here. Marvin comes in with a 999 super sticker. We love Marvin. Marvin's a man, man. Best thing yeah. about Marvin is he doesn't always agree with us, and he comes in and just – we just have a conversation about it. He's solid. I got to give it to Marv, man. Absolutely. You know, uh, Grayson Brown comes in and says, my uncles tell me, maybe this. from the table, my uncles tell me that this feels oddly like the end of the Chuck Knoll era. I'm of the belief that these are the end years of the Tomlin tenure. It's not bad. It's just part of life. 15 years is a long time. Um, you know, I, I, I don't... I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be an, an expert on the end of the Chuck Knoll era. I obviously wasn't covering the team at that time. The end of the Bill Cowher era was was different in that he was actually kind of peaking because the whole thing was, we've got to get this guy a Super Bowl. We've got to get Jerome a Super Bowl. And then Ben comes along and makes it all. That was the one missing ingredient. You didn't have to worry about Bubby Brister and Neil O'Donnell and whatever else. You had an actual quarterback in there, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know that this one's got a comparison because this Tomlin thing, it already hit what should have been a low. You know, it already hit that. And yeah. yet it just keeps kind of doing this lo- in part because of the coaching. So let's, let's stop right here then for a second. DK. I'm not sure if you have many more, but when it comes down to it, and I asked somebody this too the other day, somebody was, I had a conversation with a former NFL player that didn't play for the Steelers. And uh, they just ran the whole conversation. Tomlin's method is tired. It's, and I was like, okay, fine, fire him then. You know, I was just in that mindset. Well, fire him then. What are you going to do? What is Pittsburgh going to do after the fact? I was like, what do you want to do? Send him to the booth? I think he'd be good in broadcast. And the instant answer next DK was, no, nah, he's not done coaching. I'm just thinking, well, which one is it? Do you guys want him fired? Because if he goes and be successful, very successful, Super Bowl-type teams somewhere else, do you want him back? You you feel where I'm coming from, DK? Mm-hmm. Now, again, I can understand it. Guys can be – Andy Reid was let go, couldn't win big in uh, Philadelphia. Right. He was. That was the classic, couldn't win the big one. Couldn't win the big one, right? Which is always a lousy reason to fire somebody, by the way. And Tomlin's is what? Well, he did it with Cowers players. It's something that's going to follow you every single time, whether you believe it or not, or whether it just is what it is, right? He will get hired is what I say at some other destination. Now, what defines his career in those situations, DK? I don't know. But if he does go be successful, very successful somewhere else, do you want him back then? Or was the operation bad? the coordinators i mean i i keep looking at the coordinators where he's concerned john hudak says hey moan is there precedent for a defensive minded offensive coordinator being successful in the last no 
No, uh, no, I, I, my, you my, you got to commit your life to these things. <laughs> my only thing against for the offensive coordinators is if you have a good one, that good one's going to be post for a head coaching job, and everybody wants a head coaching job. So it's the continuation of it. I don't know what was the criteria for Matt Canada being the guy, whether it was, hey, he's going to be good enough to just get us along, or, hey, he's going to develop and never want to leave Pittsburgh. But I would also think most coaches want guys to look real good because that makes them look real good. I don't know what the method is for Matt Canada. All I know is I'm laying my head on this. If it's bad this week or almost even if it's good, I can kind of see him being on his way out next week. But you need to have a stop in the season to do something like this. I saw a team last year fire a general manager here in Nashville. And let me tell you this. It gets ugly. You pretty much – John Robinson, the Titans' uh, G- uh, the general manager, was fired after they played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, what did you mean by the ugly thing? It, it gets ugly because you you don't know what your guidance is. You almost look to tank the season after that, DK. You let go of a guy in the middle of the season. You're saying, this didn't work. So, And then you have no real certainty that the new thing is going to work, too. That's what I saw last year. You know what that team went on to do? Lose hmm. seven straight. Matthew says, just saying our offensive coordinator telling the public that we're not built to come from behind is absolutely concerning. It's not, Matthew. He has said that many times. Mike Tomlin has said things like that many times. It's actually pretty common in football for teams that are supposed to be based on the run to say things like that. There's literally not a thing that was newsworthy or outrageous or anything else about it. There just wasn't. But, again, one tweet went out and everyone went, whoa, we hate this guy, so we hate this. And, and he says that all the time. I can dig through the archives and find a million different points where he said it, Tomlin said it, the players have said it. Yeah. Okay, they expect to be a running. They don't. They aren't. But they expect to be a running the ball, eat the clock kind of offense. They've been saying that all along. Uh, Blake says, Kenny needs to stop the spinny stuff, Moan. I agree. Nobody's teaching that. Work through your progressions. I didn't hear about the offensive coordinators when Ben was at the helm. Yeah, you did. You did because you disliked them too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We've been saying that Blake for a little while. Kenny's got to stop moving his feet so much. He has to get settled. He got to trust those dudes up front. I'll tell you this. When there's moments when we had backup quarterbacks in and you didn't know where they were going to sit up at, set up at to release the ball, it made the work a whole lot harder. So as much flack as we can get these guys in the pass pro, if Kenny's rolling as quick as he possibly can, then that makes it a whole lot tougher to know where the defender is going if they see the quarterback rolling out. I saw that one too, DK from Eric. And it says Steelers hate to admit failures. They just push forward. I mean, it's been numerous situations. This is how we operate and it's been successful. How can you change the stripes of a zebra if it's always worked? Mm-hmm. This one, That's what this, sucks. The, the, Calypso Blitz comes in and says, DK, would you agree that maybe the Steelers are just waiting for the bye week to fire Canada? Uh, my answer to that is not at this juncture, no. <laughs> Stop. No, because that's that's how I don't I still don't know how else you can interpret Tomlin's answer to that question. I don't know how what other way to look at it. Not at this juncture, no. But you know what? After the Ravens juncture, maybe. Yeah, that's that, I don't know of any other why. Why else would he say that? And you because, know, he thought about it going into the room. Yeah, it's it's on the table, 
It's a matter of signing the paperwork, it seems, at this point, DK. It's it sure feels like it. And I no. see somebody Adam in here saying hire Eric B. Enemy after the season is over. Eric B. Enemy is in a trial run right now with Washington to be their head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, River, coach, coach Riviera, Rivera, I mean, he's more on his way out than in unless they win big. And yeah, Eric B. Enemy has no merit to stay there unless he chooses to just be under uh, Rivera for a very long time. He's got to prove that he can win without Eric, I mean, uh, Coach Reed, Andy Reed. Darren Watts says, we are here at the Ramon Foster Show to get the inside info. <laughs> TK and Moan live the inside info. We're learning from you, hence the irritating. I don't, I don't get any irritating questions or statements today. Everything's nah, been terrific. Absolutely not, man. No, we're, we're talking football here today. You know, that's just how that goes. Not at this juncture. You're right, John Matthews. <laughs> not at this juncture, DK. Yeah. Ooh. Last one today, Jonathan says, when when Tomlin says they're redividing the labor, that could that include the coaches? No, he said no, not at this juncture. No, that was part of. No, no, no. I'm actually not even trying to be. But it's funny every time. Clever there. Yeah, it's just that he he made it clear that what he was referring to was the players. Everything's on the players. Yeah, it it doesn't it it doesn't go anywhere. You know, I've seen coaches do that to make the players come together. Um, we'll see how they respond. If there was finger pointing at me, I'd be pissed, and I'll just be point blank with you. Mm-hmm. Grayson has a contribution. Says I hear you moaning, DK. I'm just so disappointed your squad's never had a Super Bowl appearance. It had an appearance. The 2017 playoff loss started my skepticism on Tomlin as a coach. You never get skeptical about somebody in it. Yeah. in a super bowl it's hard to get there <laughs> yeah it is by the way man our guy came back in lyle is in here dk I'm oh yeah him, man yeah he's talking about us talking coffee man look at that look at lyle he's all back right. man appreciate you all right guys that's all the time we have for today all done Ooh, hashtag not at this juncture no not at this juncture no no <laughs> we'll see everybody uh later later maybe Oh man, Tyler yeah. Johnson's always got the questions about your that they get like into my, the, my the pre-draft, the, the depths of your career. Yeah, did you take the Wonderlic test? I did, but I never got a grade back from it. You never found out how you did? You're not curious? No. We sat in that room, man. Nah, I don't even know where you went to get that type of information at the time. What I do remember, and I've told you guys this, I had my draft card in here somewhere, but the psychological aspect of the uh, coaches' meetings in Indy. They had somebody clearly in the back of the room writing down stuff, and I clearly didn't see this person, or either they videotaped it. Um, But everything they wrote about me after I got that card turned out to be true. They knew if they challenged me or said I couldn't do something, I would do it. They knew I was a grinder. They knew I was prideful as heck. And they knew I would do whatever it took to win. Those were the things that was written on my draft card about me. It was super fascinating to see. That's it. actually really cool. Yeah, and I'm like that to that day, shamefully saying that. Tell me what I can't do and watch me do it. Uh, it's a gift and a curse, too, because it's one of those motivating things, man. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I want to thank everybody who came in um, <laughs> uh, and got subscriptions or who gifted them. Uh, Jen did. I know Ryan did. 
Yeah. I apologize if we missed anybody else who might have done that. Um, but that's always, always appreciated, yeah. as are all of the contributions and really just having you around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke's asking another pre-pro question, too. Uh, what was my squat at? My highest one was like 695. And my rookie year in Pittsburgh was the last time I actually squatted heavy, too. I ended up uh, having a bulging disc after it. I was in active for a game. I had to get an epidural. You guys don't even know about this. No, I had don't to get talk a, about epidurals. I, I had to get an epidural, DK, a nerve block. Uh, I was strapped into that machine. They went in my back with the needle. Like I, uh, I couldn't sit down. I had a shooting pain down my left side of my leg. That was the last time I put weights on my back that heavy. I think that they were only doing like maybe 305 or something like that, 315. Wasn't even mm-hmm. heavy. I only leg press now. I just see we missed one from Zachary who asked, ah. which film of uh, Steelers will the Ravens be studying? Ravens or Texans or both? You watch everything, don't you, Mil? Don't yeah, you I, I'm talking about 49ers. Oh, you're talking about which of the just Ravens? Just in general. No, yeah, oh, which one is the uh, Ravens? They'll Colts. watch all four. Yeah. Watching Colts, that one. Why did? Why were they able to push them in Baltimore? I, I would want to see that one, and I'm going to watch that one too. Colts game, why? How did you guys do that? Uh, who was it? Cincinnati, they just ran over. And I talked to a very avid uh, Baltimore Raven inside, and he was like, they were more nervous about Cincinnati than they were anybody else. And Cincinnati's had that number. That should tell you how bad Cincinnati is, too. Yeah, they're struggling. They're struggling, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Zachary, they, they, there's no – you don't pick and choose. You, 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 you study the film. You study. You, you study everything that's available. The coaches do that, and then the coaches from there – Moan, correct me if I'm wrong. The coaches then take key splices so they don't yes. overload you mm-hmm. with information. They have key points of emphasis, and they'll use that. They're not going to tell you, hey, everybody, go watch four games of film. No, absolutely not. And then a third down tape is always a thing. Red zone tape is a thing. Backed up tape is a thing. And then uh, in the field are coming out. So there's ways to break all of these downs. In situations where Ben was in a tight red zone, he – knew exactly where we were going to, which is why if if he was, you know, saying screw Todd Haley's plays, then he knew where he was going. We'll do it again tomorrow, everybody. <laughs> Good people. Hey, y'all hit that like, subscribe button, man. Let's rock this thing. Peace. Uh